0: Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a couple of uh, Harvard Business Review tips. Also chatting with Christina Garikaitis from Ideation at Work about some actions to take to increase our innovative capacity. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Rebecca McKenzie from Baker Love Lawyers. Good afternoon, Rebecca.
1: Good afternoon Julian. Thanks
0: for having me back on your show. Yeah, it's been a been a while, a couple of years and uh, returning from maternity leave just in time to talk about the legal aspects of maternity leave.
1: That's right. Yes, I've just recently returned to the workforce so um, it was sort of timely to have a bit of a chat about these issues that can arise. So what some people may not know is that there are quite a few pieces of legislation actually that govern this area with the main area of law being the Fair Work Act and we've talked about that act on your show before, Julian, Mm -hmm. and the National Employment Standards and how it relates to various aspects of the employment relationship. Anyway, it's those laws that provide the framework for parents, Returning to work after having babies? Um, There's also actually a bit of overlap with other federal and state laws, such as discrimination laws, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, But also work health and safety laws can come into play as well. Um, So just some stats, not too boring, but just quickly, just to put a bit of perspective in relation to women and and dads, for that matter, returning to work from parental leave. Um, So recent ABS stats show that women comprise nearly half of all employees in Australia. Um but they constitute over 70% of all part-time workers. So Mm. that's a fairly large majority of part-timers. And of course, there may be many reasons why women in particular work part-time, but for a lot of parents, the overriding factor is parenthood and family commitments. Um, And let's face it, workforce participation and raising children, two very significant and crucial things that lots of us do. Um, So it's really pleasing to know that there are laws in place to help the two coexist.
0: Well I've heard about this uh, return to work guarantee what, what's that about?
1: Yeah so the return to work guarantee is simply that it's, it's a guarantee under the Fair Work Act for the worker to return to the pre-parental leave position. So um, that means going back into the same role, at the same level of remuneration, same level of responsibilities, etc., as to their previous position. If the job no longer exists, though, within the organisation, then the worker at law is entitled to what's called an available position in terms of being suitably qualified and nearest in pay and status, etc., to the previous position. But sometimes, though, unfortunately, it's not as simple as that. And there have actually been many cases relating to women returning from leave to be told that they've been made redundant due to, say, for example, a restructure of the business. Um, and if this happens, questions can arise in relation to whether the redundancy was a genuine one and employers can often leave themselves open to legal claims um, adverse action claims breaches of workplace rights I think we've also spoken about that issue before Mm. on your show Mm. so these types of claims can be very costly to businesses so really the return to work for working mums and dads needs to be managed very carefully to ensure the best possible outcomes for everyone involved really
0: Well well, what else can working parents from employers in terms of legal protections when they return from leave?
1: Yes, that's a really good question, Julian, because... As any working parent knows, it's often quite difficult to balance work and family commitments. So the reality is that working arrangements need to often be changed and negotiated. So the Fair Work Act allows uh, many parents or carers of a child who is school-aged or younger to request what's called flexible working arrangements. So some examples um, are a request to work part-time instead of full-time, changing the start and finish times of work Mm -hmm. or even working from home. Um, But people can get even more creative than that and negotiate job share arrangements, for example, or compressed working weeks, nine-day fortnights, that sort of thing. So it's really a matter of working out what works for all parties involved and obviously coming to an agreement in relation to that. So... If a request for part-time work is made, employers have an obligation at law to consider that request but they can refuse it on what's called reasonable business grounds. Um, and there's a few of those, and they're, they're varied, and obviously it depends on the needs of the business, but factors like costs and the capacity of other workers to fill any void, for example, if somebody is working three days a week instead of five days a week, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the general impact on the business and, and that sort of thing.
0: So, so you've mentioned other workers and of course if someone goes on maternity leave, normally there would be some replacement staff or job sharing of some sort. What, what issues are surrounding that when the person returns?
1: Yes, yeah, so this is always an issue that comes up, Julian, in terms of managing workloads and allocating staff and obviously it can be a bit of a tricky exercise sometimes for for some employers, particularly small business employers who have quite a small workload to, to share the work around but I, I guess um, the most important thing to remember in for employers in in hiring what 's called replacement employees the new worker that's coming in has to be notified of certain things. They need to be on notice that, for example, their role is temporary Mm -hmm. um, and that the employee that's on leave that they're replacing has a right to have their job back Mm. sometimes too a situation can arise where an employee who is on leave wants to come back earlier than anticipated so that needs to be factored into in terms of that replacement employee and how they're going to be managed Um, another thing for employers to keep in mind is that there's fairly strict consultation provisions uh, in the legislation um, about uh, the situation where If a worker who is on parental leave, if there's going to be a significant change. In their duties um, for example in terms of their status or their pay or their location of the business or enterprise um, then that needs to be very carefully communicated to the employee that's coming back from leave and that's where things can get a bit tricky in terms of restructures and redundancies and that sort of thing so employers really need to ensure that their procedures are up to scratch in managing the return to work employees.
0: And I would imagine that sometimes uh, discrimination occurs. Uh, Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, unfortunately... Unequal treatment can occur, um, like in any area, I suppose, but uh, fortunately, there are legal protections in place to assist workers in making that transition back into the workplace, which can be quite a daunting experience, both for the employee and the employer, really, if they're new to to this sort of arrangement. But uh, I guess the bottom line is it's against the law to treat a person unfairly because of various things. For example, if they're pregnant, if they're breastfeeding, or if they have other family responsibilities, um, so lesser treatment can be things like giving a worker you know, a reduced status in terms of their position or fewer responsibilities within the workplace um, just because they are a working parent, so obviously that, that is illegal to do that and employers need to tread very carefully. Um, any expectant working mums out there might also be interested to know that breastfeeding is a protected ground of discrimination. So that means that um, making an employee feel uncomfortable about breastfeeding in the workplace or not providing adequate facilities or work breaks, etc., that may actually be grounds for a discrimination complaint. Mm. So considerations like providing a private room with a comfortable chair and a fridge can come into play. Um, I've actually seen little signs up on... on office doors of breastfeeding working mothers the signs say the dairy is in operation enter at your own risk <laughs> um so things like that but That's it's fun. good to see that businesses are generally very supportive of this uh, which they have to be because uh, it is legislated that those sort of protections have to be and comforts have to be made for working mums
0: so, it's quite a complex task. It's, it's not as simple as just coming back to work. What are some take home points for business owners who need to comply with these points?
1: Yeah, that's right. There is there is a lot into it that employers need to consider. And we do find that the vast majority of employers and business owners do want to do the right thing by their employees. Um, Sometimes, though, they just need some assistance in getting the proper frameworks in place to help them cover all bases. So here are some points for employers to consider, um, just as a bit of a starting point, I suppose, with these issues. They need to become familiar with uh, their obligations, Uh, as an employer and also the rights of their workers on this issue and also try to view parental leave and return to work as a normal and necessary part of life rather than a a hindrance. Um, They also should make sure they have some written policies and procedures to manage the return to work employees and also those replacement staff that we discussed as well. So this is important from the point of view of streamlining processes and also ensuring that staff are treated the same. Um, It's also a good idea, to have what's called keeping in touch days with workers that are on leave. And that provides a bit of a mechanism to keep those workers in the loop with what's happening in the workplace and can make the transition a bit easier when the time comes. Um, and finally, employers with staff on parental leave, just they must tread really carefully when they're restructuring their business so as not to fall foul of um, return to work provisions and redundancy laws.
0: Right. Well, thanks very much for your time and welcome back and we'll have a chat with you again probably next month.
1: Thanks very much, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Rebecca McKenzie there from Baker Love Lawyers. Yes, coming back from maternity leave, it's uh, not as simple as we thought. You're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM 103.7, 25 minutes past one. Time to pop over to Christina. Good afternoon, Christina.
2: Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today?
0: I'm well and we're going to talk about some actions to increase our innovative capacity.
2: I think so. I think it's about time we threw some challenges out to um, to the people listening about putting some innovation into their lives, giving them five action points that they can work on between now and next week um, to create some innovative processes, innovative ideas, innovative thoughts into their daily lives. How does
0: mm-hmm. that sound? Yep. We'll do it quickly.
2: Okay. So <laughs> we'll go quick. All right. So challenge number one, read outside your professional area read outside your main area of interest. So if you are, for example, an accountant, read something about a musician. If you're um, a musician, read something from the medical field because the most widely read people are the ones that can contribute Mm. the best creative ideas, which brings us to problem number two or to, to item number two, ID a problem, ID a pain point, identify Mm. what might be able to be fixed, Mm. identify somewhere where there is an opportunity. So we talk about not problems, we talk about opportunities. Where can we maybe create something different that would um, be an innovation, even if it's a small one? So innovation, small, useful change, create something small that's useful, that you can change, that you can contribute.
0: Yeah, and of course uh, it doesn't have to be a problem. One of the things we do need to look at is... Things are constantly changing. We need to look at how our business is revolving over the years too.
2: That's right. And a, a perfect example of that is Uber. So Uber yeah. went into the transport field, but not only are they doing that, they've now invested in a, in a fleet of driverless cars. They're also It's not only if you have a vehicle and you want to be an Uber driver, it's also possible now to lease a vehicle if you have the time to be an Uber driver and the desire to be an Uber driver. There's now leasing vehicle opportunities, so they're constantly – and they're doing deliveries, all kinds of things, so constantly widening out their business model. Number three, what would you like to achieve? Write three things down that you would like to achieve between now and next week and write three action steps against those three things. So we all know that an idea is great, but an idea without action is useless, so write down three action steps to help that idea eventuate. Number four, action number four, go for a walk but look through the eyes of a traveller. None of these things are new. We've spoken about them over the last 12 months, but physically go out there, take a walk, look through the eyes of a traveller. What do you notice that's different? What do you notice that you don't notice in your day-to-day life because you just take things for granted? And number five, send one email or make one contact that could be of use to you, whether it's personal, social or business, but send one email just because, just to create an opportunity.
0: Oh, fantastic. All right. Well, that was nice and quick, and uh, we'll have another chat next week.
2: We shall, and i look forward to it. Have oh, a great week, Julian. Oh,
0: we want people to report back.
2: <laughs> oh, we can, yes, we can through, that would your, be good. through whatever sites, whatever sites you can, whatever, you know, Facebook, whatever it is that, that um, you would like them to report back on. That would be fantastic. We could actually talk about those actions.
0: Have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina's there with uh, yeah some action points, and uh, that was an interesting one, wasn't it? Set some goals and have the actions to, to achieve it. And it's just coming up to 28 minutes to two. Let's have a look at a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. First one, very interesting one. Good listeners ask good questions. Some people equate good listening with sitting silently, nodding, making eye contact, and when the speaker is done, paraphrasing what you heard. But these things are only part of what makes someone feel that you've heard them. The best listeners go deeper by trying to understand the substance of what the other person is saying. Doing this requires that you ask questions to clarify your understanding and push the other person to better articulate their position, examine any assumptions they're making and see the issues in a new light. You should also try to emphasise with and validate any emotions that the speaker is conveying. Once you've made sure the person feels supported, you can offer some thoughts and ideas about the topic that could be useful to the other person. Just be careful not to hijack the conversation so that you or your agenda becomes the subject of discussion. Taken from What Great Listeners Actually Do by Jack Zinger. And The other one here, improve your team's performance by turning up the stress. Having a stressed out team is bad, right? Well, not exactly. Seasoned managers know that if you're trying to drum up new business, get customers' orders out on time or hit your numbers to the quarter, a little stress goes a long way. The key is to put the right amount of pressure on your team. That way they're motivated to perform at their best, but aren't putting their pulling their hair out or losing sleep. If you believe there's too little stress on your team, consider increasing the frequency and pointedness of your coaching. The moment that your employee knows that you're noticing his or her behaviour, his or her stress levels will naturally rise. For example, imagine you've rolled out new sales management software but you're struggling to get all your salespeople to input their activity. Try simple feedback such as It's Wednesday and I'm only seeing three opportunities in the funnel for this week. And then pair the feedback with a question such as what time of day would works best for you to input your meetings? A couple of little points there. And thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll have a minute on innovation with Christina. We'll have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for business, the law and you at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous weekend. As Dale Carnegie once said, for better or worse, you must play your own little instrument in the orchestra of life. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being,
2: pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.